0: This episode of the MedBullets Step 1 podcast will go over the topic of statistical hypotheses and error from the stats section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode talking about the different types of hypotheses. The null hypothesis is the hypothesis of no difference. For example, there is no link between the disease and the risk factor. An alternative hypothesis is the hypothesis of difference. For example, there is a link between the disease and the risk factor. Now let's talk about a type 1 error, or false positive. This is stating there is an association when none exists, therefore incorrectly rejecting the null hypothesis. An alpha level equals the probability of a type 1 error, and p equals the probability that results as or more extreme than those of the study would be observed if the null hypothesis were true. A general rule of thumb is that statistical significance is reached if the p-value is less than 0.05. Now let's talk about the type 2 error or false negative. This is stating there is no difference when an effect exists, therefore incorrectly accepting the null hypothesis. The beta error is the probability of a type 2 error. Now let's talk about power or a true positive. This is the probability of correctly rejecting the null hypothesis. Written as an equation, power equals one minus the beta error. Power depends on sample size, therefore increasing the sample size increases the power. Power also depends on the size of the expected effect, therefore increasing the effect size also increases power. A true negative is the probability of correctly accepting the null hypothesis. Now let's talk about confidence intervals. This is the range of values associated with a confidence level indicating the likelihood that the true population value of a parameter falls within that range. This is usually done with a 95% confidence interval or two standard deviations from the mean. For example, based on our study data, we are 95% confident that the average salary of a teacher lies between 30,000 to 45,000 per year. Confidence interval is calculated from statistics generated from the study data. A smaller confidence interval suggests better precision of the data. A larger confidence interval suggests less precision of the data. If a confidence interval of two groups overlap, there is no statistically significant difference. Finally, let's end this review session talking about a priori versus post hoc analysis. A priori comparisons are comparisons planned prior to data analysis. The planning is dependent on knowledge researchers have prior to conducting statistical tests. A post hoc analysis is when the researcher decides additional comparisons to make after viewing the data. These choices are dependent on knowledge researchers have gained after conducting statistical tests. For example, a test is run that says there is a difference between groups A, B, and C. Post-hoc analysis would involve comparing group A to group B, B to C, and A to C to determine between which groups the difference lies. One potential hazard is an increased likelihood of spurious statistical associations. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, a pharmaceutical company is studying the effect of a novel compound that they have discovered to treat osteoporosis. They perform a randomized controlled clinical trial to study if this compound has an effect on the incidence of hip fractures among osteoporotic patients. They find that there is no statistical difference between the experimental and control groups, so they do not pursue the compound further. Two years later, a second team tests the same compound and finds that the compound is effective, and follow-up studies confirm that the compound has a statistically significant effect on fracture risk. Which of the following most likely describes what occurred in the first study? And the choices are one, design bias. Two, selection bias. Three, type one error. 4, type 2 error, and 5, type 3 error. The correct answer to this question is 4, type 2 error. So the initial study that did not find an effect is an example of type 2 error, because it stated that there is no effect when in fact an effect exists. To quickly review, the null hypothesis is a statement that there is no difference between an experimental condition and the relevant control. A type 1 error is when this null hypothesis is incorrectly rejected such that the study finds an association where no true association exists. The probability that a type 1 error will occur can be described by the alpha level. A type 2 error is when the study incorrectly accepts the null hypothesis such that it states there is no effect when in truth there is an effect. The probability that a type 2 error will occur can be described by the beta level. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, design bias, is when the control group is not appropriate for the experimental group being studied. A randomized control trial effectively minimizes the risk that this will occur. Answer 2, selection bias, is when there is a non-random selection of study participants. Randomization in the study is designed to eliminate the effect of a selection bias. Answer 3, a type 1 error, is when the null hypothesis is improperly rejected and an association is found that does not truly exist. In this case, the first study accepted the null hypothesis. And finally, answer 5, a type 3 error, is when the null hypothesis is correctly rejected, but the rejection was done for the wrong reason. To leave you with a bullet summary, a type 2 error occurs when the null hypothesis is accepted incorrectly such that the study does not find a true difference when in fact 1 exists. And moving on to the final question, an academic medical center in the United States is approached by a pharmaceutical company to run a small clinical trial to test the effectiveness of its new drug, compound X. The company wants to know if the measured hemoglobin A1c of patients with type 2 diabetes receiving metformin and compound X would be lower than that of control subjects receiving only metformin. After a year of study and data analysis, Researchers conclude that the control and treatment groups did not differ significantly in their hemoglobin A1c levels. However, parallel clinical trials in several other countries found that compound X led to a significant decrease in hemoglobin A1c. Interested in the discrepancy between these findings, the company funded a larger study in the United States which confirmed that compound X decreased hemoglobin A1c levels. After compound X was approved by the FDA, and after several years of use in the general population, outcomes data confirmed that it effectively lowered hemoglobin A1c levels and increased overall survival. What term best describes the discrepant findings in the initial clinical trial run by Institution A? And the choices are 1, type 1 error, 2, type 2 error, 3, Hawthorne effect, 4, confirmation bias, and 5, publication bias. the correct answer to this question is 2, type 2 error. So the term that best describes the false negative results of the initial trial is type 2 error. All of the results of subsequent trials suggest the drug lowers hemoglobin A1c, so it is most probable that the conclusions from Institution A's trial did not reflect reality. Type 2 error is a result of how scientific studies are designed and interpreted. Trials are generally not able to conclusively prove or disprove a hypothesis. Rather, the results of a trial are compared to the findings that would be expected if a null hypothesis, in this case that the combination of metformin and compound X is not better than metformin alone at lowering hemoglobin A1c, were true. An important statistical relationship to understand is that as the sample size increases, as in the later studies in this vignette, the probability of type 2 error or beta level decreases. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, Answer one, while a type two error is a false negative error, a type one error is a false positive error. In a type one error, we predict that there is a difference and reject the null hypothesis even though there is no actual difference. This is based on the small chance that even if the drug does not lower hemoglobin A1c, the trial results might randomly be outside our pre-specified confidence interval. Answer three, the Hawthorne effect, describes a bias that occurs when subjects know that they are being observed slash studied and therefore act differently. In this case, there is no reason to believe that any of the trials differed in how patients were informed about their participation. Answer 4, confirmation bias, describes the natural behavior for people to more heavily weight evidence that supports their prior beliefs. In this case, the subsequent trials actually refuted the initial trial results, and the investigators ran further trials to ensure accuracy. And finally, answer 5, publication bias, describes the difference between published results compared to the results of the entire body of research performed. In academic circles, this often refers to journals being more likely to publish significant or positive findings, which might exacerbate the effects of a type one error. To leave you with the bullet summary, type two error is also known as a false negative error and exists when the results suggest that there is no difference in two groups when a difference actually exists. That's all for this review about statistical hypotheses and error. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on medbullets.com. And in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullet Step 1 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word, and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.